Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and I welcome you to episode 33. Is part two of astrology with Sydney Hetrick. We're going to actually go through and read my astrology chart and see how this all comes together. That's coming up next. Hello and welcome to Hamsa Holistic Healing and Ayurveda Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry, and it is my deepest desire to journey with you down the path to better health, mind, body, and spirit through the practice of mindfulness and spiritual awakening. Here in this sacred space, we will examine how the practice of higher consciousness and self-awareness can actually lead us to an optimal state of physical and spiritual health. We will talk about the various ways to increase our awareness and support one another along this beautiful journey. Thank you for being here and welcome. Sydney is a community architect with a metaphysical shop based in Vernon, New Jersey called Crystals of Quartz House of Healing. Her shop includes crystals and sound healing tools, a yoga studio, in-house readers and healers, and more. She herself is an astrologer, crystal healer, and tarot reader. She has created an amazing community of like-minded people and a safe space where you can come to grow on your spiritual path. Her psychic fairs, moon circles, and other events are out of this world. Good morning, Sydney. Welcome back to the podcast. Good morning, Sherry. Thanks for having me again. I'm so excited. Yeah, part two of astrology. And so this time you are going to graciously read my astrological chart for me and for the listeners. And so that in live time here, you can go through and explain how this all works and how it's telling. So telling about the person's characteristics and traits and propensities towards certain things. I'm so excited for you to do. I've never had my chart professionally read. I will leave it right there and I will turn it over to you. Yay. All right. So first of all, I just want to like, thank you so much for providing me the honor of looking at your chart, because as we talked about a bit before, birth charts are such a very personal and private thing. It's like looking at a map of someone's soul, which I think I kind of talked about it in the last podcast. So I just want to say it's, it's an honor and a privilege to read your chart. So thank you. And it, it is for any of my clients. I absolutely love when people want to share with me their chart and hear about themselves because it's really empowering. Yeah. What I typically do when I do a reading well, we do it in real time, just like we're doing now. And I'll look up, you know, your chart, I'll show it to you. And I start to explain to you kind of what's going on. Cause I like to give my clients the tools so that they can look at their chart later and understand it so that it's not just, they're going to be dependent on me forever. You know, like I want you to be able to look at your chart tomorrow and be like, what was that? She said, oh yeah, it's because this symbol is here in this place. And so that they could understand it and maybe explain it to a friend if they wanted to share something about themselves with somebody else or to understand a different part of themselves that I maybe didn't touch on. So what I would do is I'll sit down with you. We'll look at your chart. It's a big circle 
like we said before, around the outside end is going to be your zodiac symbols like Gemini, Cancer, Leo, etc. That's on the very outside. Most people know some of those symbols, at least their sun sign, you probably know the symbol. Then going inwards from there, you'll have pie slices. Those represent the houses, which we talked about before. And on the inside of the houses, you'll see where the planets sit and at what degree. So the degree will be the number next to the symbol of the planet. And then in the center, the little circle in the middle just kind of indicates where your mother was and where you were at the moment you were born, basically, when you came Earthside, as I like to say. So that's what I'll explain first, is just giving people a tour of the chart so you can kind of understand what you're looking at. Um, and if any of the listeners have their chart in front of them when they're listening to this, just maybe go back and look and try to identify those different parts. The program I use, I use astro.com. So if anybody wants to look up their chart, astro.com is a really great source. Um, I think it's pretty easy to understand. Um, and there's lots of different charts you can pick from. You want to just choose the most simple one to start with. And then to the left of that circular chart, which is your actual chart, you're going to see some what I call cheat sheets, which is basically going to be a list of all the planets and their symbols and then the signs that they're in. And then it'll also say the degree. So that'll help you if you don't know the symbols, if you haven't memorized them, that's really helpful. And then down below that, you're going to have a little chart it says F-A-E-W, and it has the colors red, orange, green, and blue. So here is where we're going to jump in, Sherry, and start to talk about you a little bit. Because this is typically the first, like, I say, I call it like a free mini reading that I always do with a client when they come to me for their first reading. Because it's a good way to understand someone elementally. Because this chart represents fire, air, earth, and water. Because all of the astrological signs are in one of those different elements. You may know if you are, you know, say you're an Aries, you might already know that you're a fire sign. So you might be familiar with it because of that. But basically each, each element has different characteristics. And depending on how many planets you have in each element, it makes you a slightly different person. So somebody with like a lot of fire might come across as very aggressive in their day-to-day -day life, or they might have a lot of energy. They may have a lot of get up and go that kind of thing. Now, someone with a lot of water in their chart, on the other hand, may be very emotional. They may cry at the drop of a hat. They may be the type of person that's just always sharing everything they're feeling because they like it and they want to know what you're feeling. So that all the elements have kind of something different going on. Now, in your chart, Sherry, are you aware that you have a lack of fire? Yes. So that's really interesting, right? But you do have a lot of water. So when I look at this elemental balance, I always tell people to look at it. And I, I say, basically check out like which elements you have an oversupply of and which ones you have less of, like what is the balance, you know? So for you, you have a lot of water and you only have one planet in fire. But what's really interesting is the planet that you have in fire is your Mercury, so it's like you communicate with some fire and people might not recognize that you lack fire in your life because you're vocal about it. Right. Your Mercury is actually in Aries. So you might come across good at like setting your boundaries. You're good at standing up for yourself, good at explaining, you know, why people should listen to you and why they should follow you, you know, take the lead with you. Um, that is really good qualities to have in terms of communication. So I wonder, do you feel like you lack fire in your life? Because having it in such a dominant planet like Mercury might not make it as 
obvious for you in your life that you lack fire? Is that something that you're aware of? Do you feel like you ever lack energy or lack? Yes. Yeah. Aggression, maybe like, yeah, I definitely lack aggression. I definitely lack, like, I, I tend to stay in the background more mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. definitely more of like an emotional person within my own self. So mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely am aware. I, I'm not the most fiery person. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you, so your emotions, well, your where's your moon? First of all, well, your moon's in Gemini. So your moon's in an air sign. So that's interesting. So yeah, you have so much water in your chart, but yet your emotions are not actually, that's probably good that your emotions aren't in a water sign with that much water in your chart, honestly, because you can kind of think through them before expressing them maybe with all that Gemini, because Gemini is the communicator and they communicate ideas, but they're also like the thinkers. They think before they speak most of the time. They still might just say whatever they feel because that's Gemini energy too, but still. So that's actually really interesting. But a lack of fire typically will show up in somebody's life as like, they have maybe like a lack of energy, they might have a lack of ambition, which I don't know if that's true for you, because you you do a whole lot. So there's a lot of other things at play. And that's why it's important to kind of like look at the whole chart. But you also have, you know, you have a good amount of air. So you're you're a good thinker with two important things going on in air, which we're going to talk about because we're doing a North node reading today. That's what we're actually going to do. And your North node is also in Gemini, but typically people that lack fire in order for them to sometimes get more, get up and go or more energy, or to maybe be a little more aggressive and build boundaries. Cause a lot of people that lack fire lack the ability to, to share their boundaries Um, They're like people pleasers. Sometimes people that lack fire, they're like, well, I'll just go with the flow and be like water and, you know, let, let the, let the water wash over my rocky bits. And I'll just like, I'll just let it go. And they'll just smooth me down forever. And I'll be what they want me to be. So that's a problem sometimes with a lack of fire. So what you can do when you have an elemental imbalance is to indulge in that natural element. If you're lacking fire, you might want to like sit by a bonfire, sit by a fireplace. You might want to light candles. Um, You might want to take really hot showers or eat spicy foods. We want to really work on embodying that element that we're lacking. So you might already be doing those things in your life, Sherry. And that's why maybe you've learned how to kind of balance that part of yourself out and you're into Ayurvedic stuff. So I think you're probably doing these things for yourself with what you've learned. Yes. Yep. So that'll help too. So so a lot of people I'll find when I do readings, they've already balanced out their elemental imbalance because, you know, a lot of people that come to me and that come to you are already on their spiritual path. Right. Yep. True. So, you know, we might see things in them and be like, Oh, this could be an issue, but it's like, they're already working it. And people love hearing that they're already on the right track. So I love when I have a reading with someone like you and it's like, you know, I'm like, I see you lack fire, but I don't really feel it. (laughs) So it's like, what are you doing? Cause it's working. I did not expect to see a lack of fire in your chart. Cause I feel like, you know, you do a whole lot and you have a lot of ambition. So I'm like, she's doing something. Yeah. But typically, you know, those are things you can do is just indulge in fire of some sort, like the actual element or just heat in general. Doing hot yoga would be good for somebody that lacks fire too. Yeah. Um, those kind of things. But otherwise, you know, for you, you you have a little bit of a lack of air because you only have two planets. And in order to engage those planets a bit more, meditation is good for somebody that lacks air. 
Now, I'm, I'll just go through them all because just in case somebody listening notices that they lack a certain element. Um, so for air, you would want to, in the warmer months, maybe put the windows down in your car, let the breeze run over you. If it's a windy day, you can just like put your arms out and feel the wind. You want to just engage in the wind element and in air. So that's like somewhat harder than some of the other elements, but you can do deep breathing. You can go out on a windy day. You can put the windows down in your car. There's a number of ways to engage in the element of air. I'm sure you can think of a few more probably too. I just remember being as a kid, I loved to be out in the wind. I loved yeah. the wind was blowing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And that is good for you in your chart because the the second like element that you have less of is air. So it's good that you're already doing yoga and meditating and all of that stuff. And as a kid, you in- inherently knew that you needed a little extra air. So that's good. And then for earth, people that lack earth in their chart, they want to make sure they're going out hiking or they're earthing, which is like walking in a garden with their feet or on the grass or in the dirt, anything really to engage in earth. You know, in the winter, you could have house plants and you repot the plants every so often and get your hands in the dirt. Really anything to do with the earth element. Playing with crystals would work for this too, that kind of thing. And then for water, people that lack water, not you, Sherry, because you have a lot of water, but you might still enjoy this anyway, but going swimming or taking showers. So if you lack fire and water, a shower or a bath is a good thing, a warm one. But if you just lack water, it doesn't need to be hot necessarily. You could jump into a cold river and that would be lovely. Anything to do with water. Some people will like just sit by the water and they feel more aligned if they lack water. I hear that from my clients a lot. They're like, wow, that's crazy. Cause like, I already love to like sit by this stream by my house and I suddenly feel more at peace with myself. It's pretty incredible how people already correct these imbalances within themselves just intuitively. So that's the elemental balance portion of the chart that we talk about. And I love getting into that because it's the simplest way to understand yourself or for me to understand a client is to see like, what are you lacking? And it's, it's really, really helpful. Yeah. All right. So Now I want to talk to you um, about your North node, and then I'm going to give you a little bit of a bonus too. Typically when I do a North node reading, there's enough information for me to talk for quite a while just about what's going on with your North node. But in your chart, I do want to mention something extra. And sometimes when I see things that really stand out in someone's chart, I'll talk about them too, because I have to. And if there's not enough time, which there probably won't be enough time for me to talk a ton about this aspect that I noticed in your chart, but we'll get into it a little bit and we'll try and figure out sort of what it means. But first of all, your North node, your North node is my favorite thing to talk about with any client. And it's something in astrology that's not often discussed. It's sometimes forgotten. And I think it's a real shame because It's known as the shortcut to enlightenment. So essentially, if you can get on the path of your North Node, your North Node is your life purpose. It's what you came here to do in this lifetime, in this incarnation on planet Earth. Oh, wow. Yeah. So your North Node is what you should be doing to further your soul. So it's it's not that it's the only thing you could do in your lifetime because You have options, right? We have tons of options of what any of us could do in our lifetime. But if you want to, on your deathbed, feel incredibly empowered and you want to feel at ease and ready to let go 
and feel like you lived a life worth living, then you want to be on your North node because your North node is basically like who you came here to be in this lifetime. It's the lesson that you came to learn. It doesn't mean that it's easy by any means. A lot of the times our North node is like a huge challenge and that's our challenge that we decided to come into this lifetime with. So that being said, there's also a South node. And we're, when, when I do a North node reading, I also always talk about the South node. So you could sometimes refer to it as like a node reading. It's a mathematical point based on where the moon was based on the time you were born. When you have a North node, you have a South node and the South node is your past life karma. The South node is always going to be the point directly across from the North node. They're opposite points. So the South node is like what you did in your previous lifetimes and the energy that you don't necessarily want to carry forward in this lifetime. Not that you don't want to carry it forward. You just don't want to focus on it. So if you focus too much on your South node, you're kind of coping, right? It's like a coping mechanism. You can cope through your whole life by doing what comes easily to you. But what's really important is to do what doesn't come easily to you. What is a challenge? It's pretty cool. So do you know what your North node is, Sherry? I think in the last podcast, I looked on the, I don't even, because I didn't know what it meant or anything, but it was Gemini in the Mm -hmm. ninth house. Yep. So it's Gemini. When you have a Gemini North node, it means that you came here to think things through to communicate ideas, but to also learn. So Gemini, I think of them as like the lifelong learner, which all I know about you is how much you love to learn. That's the main thing I know about you. So it's pretty cool. And you're supposed to also, this is, I think maybe more of the challenge for you is that, or that has been the challenge for you. I think maybe you're getting more comfortable with it, but is being comfortable in the spotlight. Mm. That's more of the challenge for you because you love learning. I don't think that was ever a question for you. I feel like that was probably you from day one. one. But the thing about Geminis is that, and I'm a Gemini son, so I can speak a lot to this, is that Geminis, they kind of love being in the spotlight. And, and I also sort of hate this because there's other parts of my chart that make me dislike this. But Geminis, they love being loved. They love being the kind of the center of attention. Let's be honest. All right. So they kind of love being all eyes on them. They're the person at a party that's telling the great jokes. They have a bunch of people just happy to be around them because Geminis have typically have really bubbly, happy, and personable energy. People just really love being friends with Geminis because they're they're a riot. They're fun to be around. Um, and that's sort of this North Node idea is being comfortable with people really enjoying you that much and wanting to sort of follow you around like a puppy dog, you know, and be like, oh, Sherry's so great. She's so smart. She's got all this information. She's got great ideas. So the idea is having people really loving your ideas and the way that you see and feel about life, really more thinking. It's the intellectual sign, right? Geminis are super fast thinking. They're always working through things. They're very analytical. They're ruled by Mercury, which is the planet of communication, and they love to learn. So this is your North Node. This is basically what you came here to do. Does that make sense, Sherry? Completely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And you're also your moon is there too. So whenever we have a planet right around the same, so you you have a five degree 
conjunction is what that's called. When two planets are together, it's a conjunction. So your moon isn't like crazy close to your North node, but it's within five degrees, which is something. So I would say, I usually talk about conjunctions when, when they're within three to five degrees, they're pretty significant. So your emotions are also sort of directly linked to this life path. So you came here to communicate ideas and to be comfortable being in the spotlight and to learn. And you have to kind of get your emotions in line with that, if that makes sense. Um, Because, you know, that's what you want to like, you feel best emotionally when you're learning and when you're sharing and specifically when you're learning from other people too, is a Gemini thing. So it's like probably why you like doing your podcast because you get to bring all these different people on and get different perspectives and learn and grow from that. And then by carrying all of that information from all these other people, you're able to share it better with other people. Because the thing about Gemini is that, yes, they are the learners. They are the communicators. um, They also are here to teach. So they're here to like regurgitate the things they learn and have people like, yeah, and and what else? So tell me more. I'm super fascinated because the way you share this is just invigorating. And that's why the south node is Sagittarius because Sagittarius is the great teacher. Okay. So the things you did in your past life, Sherry was, you were probably a teacher. So that's it's teacher energy. It's the adventurer energy. And then it's also big picture thinking. So in past lives, that's the stuff you kind of did. And so the challenge with this lifetime is to be sort of more open to learn. So like Sagittarius energy would, it potentially has this, this like know-it-all energy, which I don't get that from you at all. So I think you're very well on your Gemini North node, but sometimes people with a South node in Sagittarius can come across as like, I know it all. And I don't need to learn because I know it all, you know? So in past lives, you might've had more of a mindset like that. And you're here in this lifetime to learn that you don't know it all and you might never know it all. You probably won't. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm betting I won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty impossible, I think, but so the difference between Sagittarius and Gemini is Sagittarius sees things in this like big picture, which can make things really interesting and helpful. So it's a helpful South node because sometimes Gemini's overthink things and they make mountains out of molehills. Like they'll take one tiny problem and they'll make it, you know, huge, or they'll just like overthink something to, to the death of themselves. But the thing about Sagittarius is they see everything in like this bigger picture. So they can sort of take things lightly, right? Because they're like, well, you know, we have this huge lifetime ahead of us. It's all good. Like one little thing isn't going to kill us. So basically in this lifetime, you're actually meant to um, notice the smaller details and other perspectives So you're supposed to notice small details of life. You're supposed to think really intricately, have these deep thoughts, all these things. And you're supposed to learn from other people and their perspectives. But you can use your South node. So although it is a coping mechanism, sometimes coping mechanisms are healthy. Like my therapist tells me, like, go for the coping mechanisms, right? Like use them to a healthy extent. So you're going to be able to then at the same time, like tap back into that Sagittarius when you need to, to see the bigger picture, to know when things don't really matter that much. Right. And when we can kind of have a laugh about it. 
So it's, it's a balancing act between your North node and your South node, because you want to use those skills that you came into this lifetime with, you want to benefit from them, but you don't want to let that overrun you and then forget about the thing that you're here to do. It's a balance between both things. So I don't want to make you think like, I can't ever do any of these Sagittarius. It's like, no, do them. Like you're supposed to use them. You're supposed to be teaching, but you're supposed to also be continually learning. So it's a really great balance. It's actually one of my favorite North South node combinations because either way you have it. Um, it's really awesome for anyone that's teaching anything. It's what I'm doing in my life is I'm teaching the stuff that I'm keep learning. Yeah. So everything that I'm learning, I'm kind of teaching back. A little yes. Bit. And then sense. you're sharing it, which is beautiful. Yeah. And I know it's interesting too, because so my North node is Sagittarius, which means that my South node is Gemini. Oh my um, God. So, like but it's, it's interesting because even though we have opposite North and South nodes, we're kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and it works. Just It's just balancing it, right? So like for me, I have to sort of get more comfortable in this lifetime, like being comfortable teaching and being like, you know, I have to like kill my inner critic of the Gemini South node. That's like, you can't do this. You're not ready or whatever. It's like, you're still learning, keep learning. But it's like Sagittarius North node is like, no, no, no. You've been studying this for a long time. So you can share it now, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's interesting. so. Whereas you're probably more comfortable teaching and you're like, you have to get more comfortable with the other stuff. I'm over here. Like, having this mentality of I have to be comfortable like with teaching like I'm okay conversing with people on a more casual level like I'm good at that with the Gemini I'm great at listening and learning but it's for me it's like am I comfortable being a teacher and being able to like share these things that I've learned so it's interesting how like similar we are and yet different totally that's cool and so for me I have to be careful in my life to make sure that I'm looking at the bigger picture because I tend to make the little things really big. things. <laughs> um, I do want to get a little bit extra in because I want to talk about this cool aspect that you have in your chart. And I know I said, you know, we weren't going to talk a ton about aspects because they're higher level, but I think I can make this understandable. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But real quick, before I get into that, but I always like to give my clients, especially when I do a North South node reading, I give you homework and I give you a permission. So, um, is your homework, which I don't think this will be hard for you. Cause I think you're probably already doing this. It might just make you slightly more conscious of it is to just learn one thing from somebody new every day. Okay. And that could be as simple as going into a deli and like learning someone's name, yep. it, but it could be as big as, you know, having a podcast with somebody and have them teach you something you've never heard of before, you know? Absolutely. So I think that'll be fairly easy for you, but it's just so that you really shake those Gemini tail feathers of just being that social butterfly and getting yourself really to just communicate with kind of everyone around you. Cause that's what you're here to do. A big thing about the Gemini North node is just not being afraid to, to really share yourself with other people and let yourself shine in every social situation you're in you know, no matter where you go, I want you to kind of have this mindset of I'm the butterfly in the room. And I'm here to like, share a little bit of magic with everyone I come across. Yep. Because you're like a blessing when you walk into a room. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I feel the same way about you. 
actually. <laughs> I would, I would uh-huh. know, know about your uh, astrological uh, chart. You know, it's um, yeah. it's so funny. I've been, I've been called a butterfly before. That's why I kind of chuckled in a yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because my energy's here, there, and all over the place. But that's a good thing. I can see why you say that too. Looking at your chart, you do have your planetary energy is pretty equalized all over the chart. You have a couple of empty houses. You're pretty equally spread. That's not a bad thing. You're versatile. (laughs) Pretty cool. Yeah, it is. One more thing. I have to give you a permission. Yes. So your permission is that you don't have to know it all. Okay. And some people will make that into like a mantra. Okay. Um, it's okay to want to know it all, but you don't have to. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. So the last thing I want to talk about is this aspect in your chart. Mm-hmm. I found it really obvious right away when I looked at your chart. And that doesn't happen too often. It's not often that in somebody's birth chart, we have like such a perfect shape. But so what the aspects are to let me backtrack a little bit, because this is a higher level thing that we said we weren't going to talk about, but we're going to because it's in your chart. Sometimes when you look at somebody's chart, they'll be like a shape. These are literally just like normal shapes that you would see in the world. Sometimes there's triangles. Sometimes there's squares. What you have is a mystic rectangle in your chart. Mystic rectangle. Yes. I actually do think you have a triangle too, but it's not as noticeable. So we're going to talk about the rectangle. And if you want to come back to me for another reading, we can digest all the aspects in your chart because you have, you have a lot going on, like a lot, <laughs> a lot of oppositions too, which is interesting. Huh? That makes sense. Oppositions. Oh, yeah. yeah. A yeah. lot. And so just so everybody knows when we're, we're kind of laughing about all the oppositions and I'm like, yikes, there's a lot of opposition. Yeah. Yeah. Oppositions <laughs> are, they're slightly tense. But they're also really positive because there are things that are opposite of each other, but we can kind of blend the energies together and learn to work with them. I like to see everything in life as not a hindrance, but a challenge. Yeah. And so I think you're the same way. So it's like, if you have all these oppositions in your chart, it's just like, all right, Cherry's just going to work extra hard to like figure all these things out. Yeah. Um, it makes a lot of sense for you. It really does. And, you know, I don't know that we mentioned at the beginning of your reading, but I want to talk about your big three really quick too, before we go into the mystic rectangle. So, cause I think this helps you understand Sherry a lot too, is we talked in the last podcast about how you're a Libra rising. Yes. And we also talked in this podcast about how you have one planet in fire in your chart, which means you could be a bit of a people pleaser potentially. And the Libra rising tells me doubly so that you're probably a people pleaser or that's something you had to work through in this life. So that's kind of interesting because Libras are the artists. We talked about how you had a spiritual awakening and you opened your inner artist, but Libra is the artist of the Zodiac. But oftentimes Libras have to get over their people pleasing tendencies in order to really let their inner artist, their true self shine through because Libras come here to do relationships and to make art. And it's a balancing act. How is your art versus your relationships? Is your art lacking because your relationships are lacking? And then sometimes your your relationships might lack because your art is going overdrive, you know? Like if you're just making art all day, every day, do you have time for a partner, you know? (laughs) Do you have time for friendships? Like if you're just locked away in your art studio, (laughs) um, (laughs) it's balancing as is all of life. But Anyway, so that's that's one aspect of you as well, Sherry, is that 
the balancing act between your inner artist and how you are in relationships. Because we can also think of our inner artist as, you know, our own life and how we're doing that. So it's like, you know, paying attention to our personal art and then our art that we're creating in relationships. Because relationships are also art in a way. It's like a beautiful artistic collaboration when we're in relationships. And then your son is in Pisces, which makes so much sense because you're so spiritual. Yeah. So it's like, that's really who you are. And then your moon being in Gemini explains a lot too about your North node and your life path and how you want to always be learning. You feel the best when you're learning and communicating and thinking. Yeah. And, and I always want to like, learn metaphysical things. You know, I tend to be drawn to spiritual learning, historical learning, anything I can learn that's mystic based is what I'm drawn to. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So that's your big three. So that's another way to understand somebody more easily just off the bat is through looking at those big three type of things. Now to get into the aspect. Yeah. So this mystic rectangle that you have going on. If you look at your chart, Sherry, it's a big rectangle across it. So I'll show you really quick on the screen. So it's it's just a big blue shape, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And so whenever you have a mystic rectangle, there's two opposing aspects, which we talked about all of your oppositions. So we have two opposing aspects, and then we have them connected with two trines, which are a positive aspect that's considered lucky. Trines are little triangles that are considered lucky. And you have two sextiles, which sextiles are also considered slightly more lucky, but not quite as lucky as a trine, but it's more positive. And then this diffuses the tension of the oppositions because of the trines that are involved, because they're all connected. Basically, this is all supposed to allow you together to put your talents to good use. The planets that in question for you in this mystic rectangle is the sun. So that's like, you know, your ego and your ambition and that kind of stuff. And then we have Neptune, which is your dreams and your subconscious and that stuff. And then we have Mars, which again is your drive, your ambition. And that's directly, mm, not quite directly, but pretty directly opposite of your sun. Now your sun is also, this should be mentioned that your sun is within two degrees of Chiron, which I don't think we've discussed Chiron in the last video, but do you know about Chiron, Sherry? Is it the like life lessons you have to learn or the challenges that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's a good way to put it. So I know them as the wounded healer. Yeah, wounded, yeah. So so they're the wounded healer. So they are it's actually a meteor. It's not a planet. So it's a planetary body, you'd say, but it's not a planet. And it looks like a little upside down stick figure almost, um, like a little circle with a K on top. It's basically how we were wounded and how we will use that wound and heal ourselves through that wound and then use that as something to help heal other people. Yes. So it makes a lot of sense for you being a healer that it's right next to your son because who you believe yourself to be is so closely intertwined with this healing aspect of yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of it, although it's not technically part of the mystic rectangle per se, it really kind of is cuz it's within 2 degrees. So they're almost on top of each other. I mean, 2 degrees is nothing. That's a very close conjunction is what that's called a conjunction when they're together. Okay. We have the sun and Chiron opposite Mars. And then Mars is also in pretty close. 
proximity within four degrees of Pluto. And so Mars is the planet of drive and ambition and goals, the warrior. And then Pluto is the planet of transformation, death and rebirth. So you have some really interesting stuff going on here. Now let's, let's move across to the last aspect of this mystic rectangle. And then we'll talk about what I think it means. And you can discuss it with me because I like to make this a, you know, a communicative back and forth thing. So you can tell me anything that comes up for you if you'd like to. And then we also have across the way we have Jupiter. Jupiter is the planet of luck and expansion. What I'm seeing from this is you have this really, and it does make sense why there's opposition and stuff, because this stuff doesn't come easy. Healing doesn't come easy, but you have your son, which is your ego. You have your inner healer, which is Chiron together in opposition with Mars and Pluto and Mars and Pluto. It's basically like you are who you are in order to basically go through this transformation you had to have a drive to transform you had this desire to heal it wasn't easy there's you know there's an opposition of energies there it's something you had to definitely work through i mean healing isn't linear it's a lifetime thing but i think you've already done a lot of work towards that and then across the way we have jupiter which is the planet of luck and expansion so it's like because of all that work and tough stuff you had to go through you were able to really expand who you are and it was something very lucky for you you know and and what's interesting is that your jupiter is in taurus so it's like it really grounded you like all of this that you went through and your luck is very grounded because of this because you realize the reality that is healing you know and what it truly is it's not all like fluffy and easy right it's it's this very grounded thing that you have to do so you created this really lucky and expansive ability to heal yourself and then to heal others because of the Chiron aspect. And that's then in opposition, Jupiter's in opposition to Neptune and Scorpio, which is again, death and rebirth Scorpio. So we have like a lot of energy of like death and rebirth transformation. I would say that through all that you had been through and how you had to learn your own lessons and learn how to heal yourself and how to continue on and have a drive despite everything you were able to find this expansive energy and then again there's a little bit of an opposition here too and some difficulty with you finding the luck to really and the ability to grow and believe in your dreams but then you're able to pull all this energy together even though there is difficulty in it you're able to make it lucky and expansive and to help other people find healing find their own luck, find their expansion, find their growth. So, I mean, really to me, this rectangle is just saying you're a healer. It's really just saying like, you came here to heal. You came here to push people to transform. You came here to push yourself to transform. And you have to constantly be pushing yourself to transform in order to show others how to transform. 100% accurate. And as I've talked in the earlier podcast about the spiritual awakening that I went through, that was over almost a decade or even longer. This was yeah. not easy stuff. And this was a death and rebirth of spiritually of myself, exactly what you're talking about. And you use butterfly. And I oftentimes felt like the transformation that a butterfly goes through, it was that dramatic. And it was that kind of life shaking, the spiritual awakening. And it transformed me from the challenges of 
fear-based, insecurity, you know, holding back, lacking fire to emerging as a healer, as healing myself, and then being able to offer that to other people. I've always loved art, like to look at it and go to art museums. And then I wake up one day and I can paint art. And now I sell my art and create. And through the death and rebirth, I was born an empath, but the empathic ability became so strong. And the intuition was always there too, as born a psychic open person. But then that became everything magnified a million times that it was so overwhelming at first. And I had to learn to keep adjusting, readjusting. You are so spot on. This interpretation of my chart is, it's surprising to me. Like I told you in the beginning, I've never had it done before. Mm -hmm. It's weird because I'm so into this, you know, and I just yeah. doing things for other people, but I couldn't have said it better than how you've interpreted it. I could, I, I mean, I'm adding a little bit just to say from my perspective, but no, um, I love that. You have given me so much insight today as to the why. And, you know, like, I think you said in the first podcast that you find astrology comforting. Mm -hmm. and I think I understand that now after what you've just given me. I encourage everyone to maybe investigate their astrological chart. And so yeah. know themselves more intimately and maybe even have a little more compassion for themselves and the hurdles that they may face sometimes. Yes, absolutely. And I think what's beautiful about it, and especially because we happen to talk about Chiron today is like the hurdles you face are what makes you who you are. Absolutely. Like without the hurdles you have, you don't have the skills that you have. You so it. recently in the sky, we had a transit where Chiron was sextile to Venus. And it was really incredible because we are able to be the people we are and to share the love that we have because of the things we've gone through. And if we yeah. hadn't gone through those things and Venus was in Aries too. So it's, there's this drive because of the way that we were wounded. We have this drive to heal others. That's one really fascinating reading. Like I do just Chiron readings where we'll just talk about it. And a lot of the time it goes into like our inner child. It goes into like these deep shadow wounds that we have. Sure. And we, a lot of people decide, you know, because of the struggles they're in and the things they've gone through, they're like, I'm going to go do this thing to help other people that have been through what I've been through, because I know what it's like to go through that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's, I think when I'm offering my workshops, you know, teaching yoga, it's never just teaching yoga. It's sharing a lot of healing energy with other people, genuinely yeah. loving them and caring about their well-being. because I know that my life, I mean, I think I can speak for everyone. Life is a tough journey sometimes. And mm -hmm. Like you just said, and it was beautifully said, it's the love that we share. You know, there's growth only in suffering. Yes. And so the challenges that we face make us the loving beings that we become. Yeah. I just want to say too, I love that you shared about your spiritual awakening because I haven't listened to all of your podcasts yet. I really want to, but I just want to say that like, I haven't listened to that one yet. So I'm yeah. going to have to go back now and listen to it. And see about, about all this stuff that we kind of just talked about, because it's pretty cool that you have that whole aspect in your chart. That's like pointing to all of that. Yeah. It's pretty cool to know, like you said, the comfort of, Oh, I was supposed to go through all of that. Like that was my path. Like yes. it wasn't, the universe wasn't doing anything terrible to me. It was actually offering me a gift. 
that's the way I like to look at life. Like everything we go through, no matter good or bad, it could be a gift, you know, you just don't know yet. And you know, it's a matter of consciousness too, is if we see the beauty and the growth in the suffering, or do we descend and allow it to control us in bitterness or resentment? So astrology can be a beautiful way, like you just said, to say, hey, this is a really amazing map of your life. And you Mm -hmm. were supposed to go through these things so that you could be the very best version of yourself so that when it is time to pass to the next life, you can lay on your deathbed and the richness and fullness that you came and you conquered and you did what to do to help your fellow man. Yes, exactly. And that's what it's all about, right? Beautiful. Oh my gosh. I am really grateful. and I'm impressed with the amount of information that you were able to share. I hope people call you for astrological reading because you're fabulous. I just love you. We're getting such good friends, you know? I love you too, Sherry. (laughs) I I love being on your podcast. Yeah. You're, you're just an awesome person. And again, if you want to share because we're winding it, winding it down. If you want to share, yeah. I like, just like to, you know, give you that opportunity because I really hope people reach out to you because I know you too. And I know how intuitive you are sometimes, you know, where you can read an astrological chart for sure. We, I mean, we've got the paper in front of us and whatever, but a lot of the information comes intuitively as well from the universe. Aww. Thanks Sherry. I don't think I give myself enough credit <laughs> for that because yeah. you know, it is true. Like I always see it as it's almost like I'm reading like a mathematical equation. Like I'm like this plus this equals this, but you're right. There's so much intuition that comes behind it. So I'm going to give myself credit for that. There is well, like a lot see, of, I saw you, I saw you pause. I know what that looks like when you're getting yeah. messages and I saw yeah. you pause and get messages and then tell me those. So you probably don't even realize, but I, I know when someone's getting intuitive. Oh, that's into cool. Yeah. I do a lot of channeling work when I lead guided meditations, but I don't always think of myself during my readings as channeling mm. because my moon's in Virgo. So I think of everything as being very analytical, yes. but I think you're right. I think you've got something there. So I'm going to, I'll take it from you, Sherry. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm going to give everyone my information so they know how to find me. I would love to do a North node reading for anyone out there that has listened to this and is fired up and interesting. Cause I think that's sort of what this does. It fires up our solar plexus, our willpower, and even our intuition to like learn more about ourselves. So if you feel lit up listening to this, I encourage you to reach out. Um, you can find me on Instagram on my astrology account. It's light up your stars, L I G H T. U-P-Y-O-U-R-S-T-A-R-S, you know, reach out to me for an astrological reading. You can also go to crystalsofquartz.com or find me on Instagram at crystalsofquartz. You can DM us through either account and reach out. I also offer in-person readings here at the House of Healing in Vernon, New Jersey. If you are able to come down or over or up or whatever direction, I can also do them digitally. That is not a problem whatsoever. I would absolutely love it to do some readings for some of you guys, because you never know what you're going to learn. And I keep finding lately that a lot of the times my clients will come in and they'll have a current transit going on through their chart. So if you feel called, you might also have a current transit going on. That's like extremely important to you in your current life. So please don't hesitate to reach out. Right. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart again. It's just fascinating. It really is. Oh, um, thanks, Sherry. And I'm sure we'll be together again to do, we talked about sacred geometry next. Yes. We'll, we'll be back together. 
definitely yeah. talk about some mystical, magical, wonderful things. Yay. All right, Sherry. Thank you so much. Have a great thank day. You. you too, honey. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you would like to experience healing or give the gift of healing to another, please go to my website, www.hamsaholistichealingandayurveda.com or email me at sherry at hamsaholistichealing.com or you can contact me on Facebook, Sherry Berjanski. I offer Ayurveda consultations, Reiki energy healings, reflexology and Ayurveda foot massage, tarot card readings, angel card readings, and much more. If you found this podcast helpful, please share an episode so that we can spread this wonderful wisdom of healing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, take care. Namaste.